honestly, that's the first time people clap when I come up to preach. <laughs> Thank you so much. Uh, my name is Tommy, and uh, it's my honor and privilege to be here uh, today with you and to share God's word with you. Uh, it's an awesome space and awesome people to worship with, and uh, just is. I was talking to Louis, and uh, such a godly man, and um, his son's name is Gabriel. My son's name is Gabriel. And then his second son's name is Michael. My, my second daughter's name is Michaela. And uh, great minds think alike. <laughs> uh, the two of Yeah. Oh, I wish. I wish. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, for those of us who are not familiar, you know, Gabriel and Michaela, uh, Michael actually, uh, the two, uh, the, the only two names, I mean the only two angels that were recorded in the Bible that have the name recorded. Uh, there are other angels but no name, right? Later in my message, we're talking about an angel too. Um, but um, so I, I am, uh, I'm told that you have been talking about prayer, and it is such an important topic, and I love this topic. Um, when I think about prayer, sometimes I think of it as something like dating or marriage, right? It's about relationship building, and it's not so much about how to say certain things and what to say. Uh, when, when I first, well, do we have to learn how to pray? I think we do. Do we l have to learn how to date? Did, yeah, someone say yes. <laughs> I think we don't, when, when I started out, my wife is here today, Carrie. Uh, when, when I started out, I, I wish someone gave me some advice, right? And how to talk to girls, how to you know what to say and what not to say and when to say it. And there are some, some techniques or skills, uh, but probably the best advice I ever got was you know, be authentic and, uh, and think about the person whom you are communicating with. If you really like the person, if you really love the person, the conversation will somehow uh, be quite natural. And when I think about it, hey, our conversation or our relationship with God is, and prayer is actually quite alike. Uh, if we really care about God, if we really love God, hey, it doesn't really matter uh, what technique, uh, what, what kind of words that we use, right? The, I think God is looking at our heart. He wants to have a relationship with us. He really loves us. Just now, all the songs that we sang, you know, he breaks down all the lies and no mountain that he won't climb and to come and come after us. And it is true. And... Uh, I think I am still on the journey of discovering the kind of love that God has for me. Um, so prayer is such a big topic. And today, I want to talk about one small, well, uh, also very important aspect of it, uh, which is how we respond to God when he actually talks to us, when he calls us. Right, just now I really love uh, Miss Jen talking about the kids, right? Can we talk to, uh, we can talk to God anytime, 
true, right? We can talk to God about anything, true. Uh, I was kind of waiting for her to say, God speaks to us too, true. I don't know how the response would be. <laughs> Some, I have heard people say, uh, when, when we talk to God, we call it prayer. When, when we say God speaks to us, some people will label it like crazy, right? But brothers and sisters, I want to tell you, that's not the case, all right? God still communicates with us through various means. Sometimes he talks to us, well, most of the time he talks to us through the Bible. When we read his word, you know, the Spirit will talk to us through his own words that was written many, many years ago. And the Spirit will bring that to life, and that's how God communicates with us. And God will also communicate with us through other means, like sometimes through other people's mouth, and sometimes through circumstances, and sometimes through things that you can't even imagine. But deep down, you know when God is reminding you, when God is rebuking you, when God is prompting you to do certain things, it's important. Now, today I want to talk about what happened when we actually have a feeling that hey, God may be calling us or talking to us and asking us to do certain things, right? Uh, if your wife or your girlfriend or your boyfriend tell you or call you or ask you to do certain thing, what would be your response? You certainly heard it, right? But you could choose to ignore it, pretend that you didn't hear it. Uh, that won't do very well for your marriage for if you do that for a long time. Uh, and uh, yeah, so it is actually our responsibility to really think about Hey, how do we respond? Right, and today I have chosen um, to speak from the book of Judges. Um, not going to look at all the aspects of these two chapters, but this is a story which I love because it talks about the interaction between the judge Gideon and God. And I want to focus at the beginning part of this two service, uh, this uh, passage, uh, which is, you know, the, I'm going to read it from here, right? The angel of the Lord came and sat down under the oak in Ophrah that belonged to Joash, the ABS right, where his son Gideon was threshing wheat in a wine press to keep it from the Midianites. When the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Let's stay on the uh, previous one. Gideon, he is like going to work, right? And God actually met him and talked to him at his workplace in, such, in, in some way, right? And what was he doing? He was threshing wheat. I wonder how many of us have tried actually threshing wheat? No? Okay. Uh, <laughs> Uh, when I speak to some Chinese people, they, they actually they have done, done that before. And, uh, uh, and threshing wheat, where do you normally do it? In a wine press? Probably not. Wine press is where you press wine, right? Where you put grapes, grapes into, into probably um, a depression in the ground, probably under the ground level, and then uh, in the old time, they will use their feet to, to 
press on it or, or, or step on it or I don't know, maybe some machine too. And, uh, but it's a place where it is generally not very big place and it is almost below ground surface. And the scripture tells us, why did Gideon do it in a wine press? To keep it from the Midianites. At this point of the history of Israel, um, they were, the Israelites were being oppressed, bullied by the Midianites and other people. All right? Every time the, uh, the Israelites produced some crops and uh, the Midianites, they would come in and rob them. And uh, the Bible in other places described to us uh, the number of Midianites and all these other people, they were camping just at the edge of the area and waiting. Right? Every time some crops is ready, they would rush in and rob them. And therefore, the, the Israelites at that time, they were producing crops and doing in all secrecy and uh, would hide the thing in clefts or caves or uh, strongholds so that they are trying to hide the things from the Midianites. And uh, usually for thresh wheat, uh, uh, wheat threshing, I've never done it before, but I read it uh, some, uh, at the old time anyway, they would do it in a higher level uh, where there's wind uh, and then they would do the threshing, and then the heavier thing, the grains that they want, the wheat will fall on the ground, and then they would uh, do some uh, uh, tossing around and let the wind blow away all the uh, parts that they don't, they, don't, they don't need. You know, the, the lighter part, when there's wind, they would just throw away, and then uh, they will be able to collect the wheat very uh, easily. But at such time, Gideon, knew that if he did it at a high place, it is like inviting the Midianites to come and rob us, right? So he was doing it in a wine press. And you can imagine, right? Gideon was doing it very carefully, probably not making a lot of noise, right? And uh, probably bending down and probably squatting do and doing it at the bottom of the wine press. Not a very comfortable place, not a very comfortable job, right? And um, probably uh, all his family members didn't want to do the job because it's difficult, right? And then he would go there and do it alone. And the angel of the Lord told them, told him, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. If you were Gideon, under such circumstances, what would be your response? Let's take this. Mighty warrior, the Lord is with you. <laughs> you probably were like, are you talking to me? What are you talking about, mighty warrior? Oh, if I'm a mighty warrior, I'll be going out there and fight those Midianites, right? Next slide, please. Uh, so Gideon said this. Pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied, but if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Where are all these wonders that our ancestors told us about when they said, did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and given us into the hand of Midian. Gideon, he was living in a very difficult situation. 
all he can see was the difficult time. He probably have witnessed many robbery, many oppression. Probably some of his friends or even relatives has been bullied or maybe even killed by the Midianites. And now the Lord is telling him, mighty warrior, the Lord is with you. He couldn't put this together, this message that he is hearing and what he was observing. Now, to tell you what I want to say, what I learned from this just, um, passage, uh, probably I need to uh, spoil the ending for you first, and probably most of you know the ending of this story. Right? At the end of the story, uh, Gideon, well, first of all, he responded to God and, and followed God's instruction. And at the end of the story, he could use just 300 people, just 300 people, and fought off this Midianites. And we were not told how many were in the Midianites armies. The only information we were told from the Bible was that the number of the army is something like the sand on the seashore. So it's like many, you can't count. It's like there's probably hundreds of thousands of people, right? But Gideon just used 300 and he fought off all this. Now, in order to experience that, Gideon, at this point of time, when he was first uh, uh, encountering God, he didn't know. He had no idea what God was asking him to do. Right? And therefore, his first response, pardon me, my Lord, but if da-da-da-da-da. The first thing I want to encourage you is don't just focus on your circumstances. Don't just focus on your circumstances, right? Now, for Gideon, he looked at this. It's like, that's impossible. But God was there with him. Uh, many years ago, when I was working as the um, a youth pastor, uh, English pastor in my church, in my Mandarin church. Uh, I was having a good time as a youth pastor and interacting with a second generation, English-speaking uh, young, young people. And I was uh, much younger then, and I, I love it. Right? And I had good relationship with the kids and uh, uh, having a good time. And then my senior pastor left. Uh, the Chinese side, uh, there were some arguments and a lot of uh, tension that happened. And then they were trying to look for a senior pastor to replace my former senior pastor. And then they looked for, I think, a year, and then they, they couldn't find anyone. All right? And then they look at me, say, hey, Tommy, you speak Mandarin too, right? Uh, yeah. And uh, why don't you come and become our senior pastor? Right? Well, at that time, they didn't say senior pastor first. So why don't you become our Chinese pastor first? Well, they didn't want to put me up there first. You know, I said, Chinese first, so I test you out. And uh, I say, in my mind, <laughs> I thought, hmm, I'm really having a good time here, right? Uh, no politics and really good. And, uh, and then the other side is like, oh, so complicated. And then there are people who actually did not like me. And uh, <laughs> it's like, 
yeah, it's a tough one. If I look at the circumstances, just focus on the circumstances, I, pro I would not take that job. But during that period, after I heard that invitation, I took it seriously and I prayed about it. And <laughs> every time I prayed about it, I heard something that I really didn't like. It's like, hey, you need to go there. You need to do that. And after, uh, I think, a few months of praying, that sensation, that prompting has not subsided, but it had become more uh, intense to the point that I actually, at the end of that prayer period, I actually felt compelled and I actually felt excited to go and take up that job. Right, and uh, and I responded to God and say, yeah, okay, I will step out in faith. Uh, Mandarin is my third language, actually. I was born and raised in Hong Kong. I I spoke my mother tongue is Cantonese, and then in Hong Kong it was a British colony. So uh, English I learned, but not very well at the time. Uh, and Mandarin I picked up much later in life. Now I'm going to be the Mandarin pastor in the church. It's like it's quite tough, quite tough, right? And uh, yeah, but I just felt like this is what God was calling me to do, and I responded. And to tell you the truth. It was scary, but, uh, and also it was not like, once I became a, a Chinese pastor, everybody loves me. It's not like that too. Uh, <laughs> it's like uh, a lot of different things. It's not a, a straight and easy journey. But in the end, uh, I was accepted, and a year later, I was called to be the senior pastor, and uh, many relationships were, were mended, uh, a lot of hurts, were a lot of wounds were healed, not by me, but I was just cooperating with, with the Lord and God did wonder. And ultimately, what I learned is that, hey, we are living in a world where there is a living God. There is a living God who loves me, who loves the church, who loves his people is if we just focus on our circumstances, chances are sometimes we will miss what he wants us to do. We, our vision is very limited, actually. We can see only so much. But we have to know, and we have to have the faith to know that God lives up here, and he sees very far, and he knows what he's doing, and he loves us. So when he from up here, call us to do something, I think it's important for us to respond to him and not just focus on our circumstances. Now, don't hear what I'm not saying. I'm not saying don't look at your circumstances at all. No, okay? Don't be stupid, <laughs> all right? And uh, we still need to use our brain that God has given us to do analysis and know what we're stepping into, but do not be limited by just that. Right, let's move on. Um, so Gideon was looking at the circumstances, and then God continued to pursue him. All right, can I have the next slide? Yeah, and then the Lord continued. The Lord turned to him and said, Go in the strength you have, 
and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? Am I not sending you? All right. And then this Gideon is like, what? Threshing wheat? And say, strength? The only strength I have is only here. All right. And then he said, pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied. But how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my family. He just now was looking at the circumstances. Now when God was pressing it further, he turned inward and looked at himself. All right? Say, who am I? How can I? I am the weakest. I'm the least in my family. I don't know whether he was playing that uh, pretend to be humble card. All right, sometimes, you know, when someone asks you to do something, oh, I can't, I don't have it. All right, uh, but actually we can, but I don't know. All right, but maybe what he's saying is, re- is real, right? Maybe his clan is really the weakest in, his, in the tribe, and maybe he was really the least in his family. All right, but he was looking at himself. All right, so the second thing that I want to share with you is that, hey, don't be limited by your own self-perception. In, uh, in my home office, uh, there is a, a piece of paper uh, lying on my desk. Uh, it's my report card uh, from when I was 14-year-old or 15-year-old. All right, somehow I packed it when I moved from Hong Kong and I found it and that's uh, when I was studying in Singapore all right uh, it always bring me good memory because I had the best 11 years in my life right up to at that point all right that's where I met my wife too so great and uh, so every time I look at that I, 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 I feel happy right and I left it on my table and one day my son came along and took a uh, look at it and said hey daddy what is this this is my transcript my report card uh, when I was um, great uh, uh, great eight something like that all right and then he re- reading English 58 <laughs> percent Father, I thought you were the English pastor in the church. Your English is so lousy. How can you become the English pastor? Right? And <laughs> I have to explain to him, son, uh, I was young and I didn't grow up speaking English a lot. And I left Hong Kong and went to Singapore where English is the main language. Of course, my English would be poor compared to my, my classmates. Right? But later I improved. All right? But too bad I didn't have my later transcript to show him, all right? And then he just put it back and uh, stopped talking to me and trying to uh, save me from further embarrassment, right? Uh, um, So that was when I was grade eight, Um, not very good with my language. Uh, Fast forward, when I was in uh, undergrad time, uh, I felt the Lord calling me to become a pastor Right. Or at the time, I actually thought that God is calling me to be a missionary, right, to China or to somewhere. Uh, and the first thing I said to God, God, I'm very bad at language. I'm very bad at public speaking. I can't speak. I don't, I'm not eloquent. Last time I checked, missionaries, pastors, they all need to speak. They all need to go and talk to people. And I'm such an introvert, and I'm afraid I'm shy, I'm timid. God, 
really? And, uh, and that sensation, that prompting kept coming. It's not just one day, one week, or one month. It kept for a few years. And throughout these few years, in my prayer to him, uh, I, I always ask him, right? Is it me? Is it really? Do I need to do this? And then God always gave me these two responses in different circumstances. One was that, hey, Tommy, you are not the first guy who pulled this trick. <laughs> Remember Moses? He also said he couldn't speak, right? And uh, okay, okay. No further explanation required. I got it. All right. And then second, he kept, he kept telling me, I will be responsible. I will be responsible. I didn't completely know what he means. Maybe until today, I still don't completely understand what he means. But then I remember one day, I just say, okay, God, if I come up and speak and people all fall asleep, you are responsible. <laughs> I actually said that to God, right? And at that time, you don't know. You, now you look at me, I can speak fairly comfortably. Not, not so much uh, many, many years ago. My wife used to tell me, I, I, I met her already at that time, say, you know, when you come out and make announcement, people fell asleep, all right? <laughs> Let alone you preach, right? And... Uh, yeah, so, but if I allowed myself to be limited by my own self-perception, I probably won't be doing what I am. I will not be doing what I'm doing today. God will equip the called. Sometimes, well, before I always thought, you know, he called the equipped. No, what I observe in myself and other people is that, hey, when he calls someone, he will equip someone. And uh, ultimately, it is this all-powerful, loving God. I need to have a trust in him and say, hey, you are not asking me to, uh, to do bad things, right? Maybe sometime in certain cases, maybe martyrdom is one of them. But if, even if that's the case, it's always for the glory of him, right? So I want to end this with this last slide <laughs> tip. Yeah, it's a good tip, I think. Be bold and step out and your faith will grow. Your faith will grow. If we look at Gideon, do you know the first assignment that he was given? It's not to fight the Midianites with 300 people. The very first assignments after that um, conversations that I was just talking about, the first assignment was to Gideon, go back home and destroy your father's altar. Remember that story? And the Bible told us Gideon was so afraid, right? Can you imagine? Someone asks you, go and destroy your father's, I don't know, back that he just built. It's something like that, right? 
except it's worse. All right? The Bible told us he did it at night. And he took 10 buddies with him. <laughs> Maybe for the manpower. And also, the Bible explicitly told us that he was afraid. All right? And yet, he responded. This is he was very sure that this is what God was saying. He needed to do it. So he took 10 buddies and go at night and destroy the altar. All right, the altar that was used to worship another god, Baal. All right, and then next morning, we found out that that altar is not his father's personal altar. It's a community altar. A lot of people were using that. And then a lot of people came and who did this? We need to find out. We need to do investigation. And then they found out that it's Gideon. Can you imagine Gideon's heart at that time? He said, oh no. Am I going to be beaten to death? What is my father going to do? Is, is he going to beat me himself? Or is he going to push me out to that mob there and let me beaten to death? The Bible told us his father stood out to the crowd and said, hey, if this Baal is really so powerful, let him content with Gideon. In another word, his father stood up and protected his son. And Gideon got to live, <laughs> was not beaten by his father. I'm very sure this small assignment, this small experience, after Gideon took the faith to follow God's instruction, his faith grew. At first he was afraid, oh no, 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 no. Right, and then when he did it, something amazing happened. His faith grew. And then you can go back and read the rest of the stories. His faith kept growing to the point that he could go and fight those people with just 300 people. Brothers and sisters, I don't know where you are in life. I don't know whether you have been hearing some prompting from the Lord or maybe certain things that have been in your minds, in your heart, in your spirit for a long period of time that somehow in there you knew that this is from God and yet you are trying different ways to try to stall it, trying to use different uh, reasonings or may I use the word excuses um, to try not to respond to that. Brothers and sisters, my encouragement to you is that be bold. Step out. Your faith will grow because we are worshiping and we are following a God who is living, who is powerful, who knows what he is doing, who actually has a good plan for you, and he wants to use you to make a positive impact for the people around you, surrounding you. And there are people who could experience God in a much more meaningful way or in a deeper way as a result of the small step that you are making today. It's my prayer for you that you go in and experience God 
and see what he wants for you. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much because you have shown us that you love your people and you have a plan to prosper us, not to harm us. God, sometimes we focus on other things, our circumstances, our own self, our own weaknesses. Oh God, help us to turn our eyes to you. And we want to have this more courageous respond to you. And we want to experience you in a more tangible way. So God, I just uh, lift up this whole congregation into your hand. I pray that you will continue to walk with us. You will continue to speak with us and prompt us and that we will be able to know your leading and we will be able to discern and most importantly, we will be able to respond to you in a way that is pleasing to you. We thank you so much. Pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.